welcome to the first installment of our Loris College Athletics Hall of Fame Celebration Podcast, a new series honoring the class of 2020 in lieu of the in-person celebration scheduled for homecoming this year. I'm Emily Adelfinger, the Director of Athletic Communications at Loris, and I am your host for today's podcast. In today's episode, I am here with Dr. Joe Schaefer, a 1962 graduate of Loris and former professor of physics at the college for more than 30 years, who is one of five individuals honored as the Loris College Athletics Hall of Fame Class of 2020. Joe, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me and talk about your Loris experience. And of course, congratulations on your induction into the Athletics Hall of Fame. Um, I'm really excited to share your story and kind of hear about your Loris experience because you are being inducted as an athletics contributor, which is a different and unique honor um, rather than any student athlete, coach, or team. It shows that your support of Duhawk Athletics went beyond any personal statistics, any team accomplishments, but you've clearly had a positive and everlasting impact on the department as a whole. Well, well, thank you. I don't know if that's all um, it, it, true or not, but, but, but I certainly was involved uh, with uh, athletics. And um, the main thing, I guess, was when, when I was uh, chairman of the athletic committee during a very important time of development of athletics at Loris. And at that time, the athletic committee uh, had quite a few responsibilities. I don't know if it's still that way, but it seems like in other schools, the um, uh, athletic director has sort of taken over some of that stuff. But there were times in there that I was essentially the athletic director, as it turned out. Yeah, so on top of your, you know, already uh, having your role as a professor, now you had an additional duty as well, you know, to kind of help manage the athletic department. Correct. Um, so kind of backing up a little bit. So you were a student at Loris College. Kind of talk to us a little bit about what that experience was like. How did you end up at Loris? Because um, I'm sure the college experience was slightly different back in the 60s. Um, mm-hmm. And perhaps finding a way to choose a college as well might have been a little bit different. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, when I graduated in high, from high school in 1958, my intention was to become an engineer. And I looked at Iowa State, and then um, I guess it was... Uh, one of my teachers, uh, um, uh, Father Ed, uh, Father um, Tiedemann, uh, was f- from Loris, and he said, well, you got to look up at Loris. They got a pre-engineering program. And so I did, and um, I ended up getting a scholarship. And at that time, Loris had a, uh, what they called a 3-2 plan, where you'd go to Loris for several years, and then you'd transfer to an engineering school, and you'd get two degrees, one in the liberal arts and one in engineering. So I started out at Loris in the fall of 1958 as a freshman in engineering. And as it went along, and especially in my sophomore year when I was taking physics, um, um, I, I decided that uh, I could stay here and get a physics major. And, uh, and that's what I did. So I went through the four years at Loris and received a bachelor's degree in physics. And sort of ironic in a way, because I ended up with a a master's and a PhD in physics later on. And um, then after I left Loris, after 35 years, uh, I went to Iowa State University and I was in the aerospace engineering department. So I did come back 
to being an engineer. And in fact, I became a, a licensed professional engineer, mechanical engineer. That's awesome. So obviously you returned back to campus as a professor after graduating. And uh, for my short time at Loris, I know a lot of alumni have such an affinity to the college and it's really something special to be able to come back and give that new type of service to the college. What was that like for you transitioning from being a student to a faculty member and kind of talk to us a little bit about your journey along the way? Well, that was an exciting time because the enrollment was increasing and there were, I don't know, I, I have the sheet here someplace, but uh, there were probably about 20 of us that were hired that year. People like uh, Dr. Rulin, who taught chemistry, and, and Frank Miller, who taught physics with me, and uh, Paul Allen, who died last summer, who taught theology. And there were just a, a lot of new faculty that came in. And so and, and it just had the feel, and the, the science building was fairly new, about two years old, I guess. And um, so it was an exciting time. There was a lot of interest in science because of the uh, Russian space program. And uh, so it was a very exciting time with good students and uh, um, good, good colleagues. Being a faculty member and then also working with the athletic department, it kind of goes in hand in hand with that unique design that collegiate athletics that a small liberal arts college is known for. Um, you know, we always talk about the student athlete experience and really building that bridge between academics and athletics. So talk to me about how your role, you mentioned that you were on the committee and kind of helped serve with a lot of the main um, athletic decisions that were made at that time. What were some of your responsibilities on the committee? Well, we were involved with clarifying and, I mean, with setting up and approving the schedules. And so anybody that had a, a sport, you know, like basketball, or, well, fo football didn't exist at that time. There was club football and uh, we weren't in charge of that. But um, we had, um, we, we would get the schedule and we'd have to uh, go over it and see if that was correct. Uh, such things as not having any, ex any um, uh, game scheduled during a lab or a final exam week and uh, some other aspects of it that once in a while a coach would try to slip too many things in there and we had to, had to do that sort of stuff and, and um, one, of, one of the things that I'm probably the proudest of and that we, we did a lot of at that time uh, Loris was in the NAIA instead of the NCAA and they had a um, scholarship thing for graduate school uh, that you would nominate um, uh, athletes for and uh, it was a significant amount of money at that time I won't say the dollars now because it would look silly but but it was significant because when I started college tuition was only like $250 a semester but um, the um, we would uh, we had really good students and really good athletes and uh, it kind of felt to me as the chairman of the committee to write the nominations for these things and we got to a point where we just assumed that we were going to get one every year because we had, and I, I, I think I, there are at least a half a dozen or, or more that, that, that got that. And they've gone on to be, um, uh, one of them was a baseball player, a pitcher, who ended up going down to the University of Iowa getting his medical degree. And he ran the whole endology uh, uh, thing down there. So he's retired now, but if he were, he'd have been involved in this pandemic up, up to his ears, you know. So th those are the kind of success things that we had. And that was very rewarding. Absolutely. And I believe when you and I kind of talked a little bit about uh, this podcast beforehand, 
You had mentioned that you also had a role um, with helping women's athletics uh, get their start at Loris. Can you talk a little bit about how that process unfolded? And um, I mean, now we have very successful women's sports here. You know, what is that like being in the position that you are now, kind of looking back and knowing that you had a part in that? Well, basically, uh, the the uh, college went co-ed, basically, whenever I came back. I mean, that was the timing that was there. And I think that first year, I don't know, they might have had 60 or 70 students. And um, they, um, at that time, for example, the cheerleaders for the sports came over from Clark, you know. And uh, as we got more students, and we had some students there who were very... Um, uh, very big leaders. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you a couple of them. Chris Apple, Chris Steiner, who uh, is retired from Loris now, was a big leader in that. And so was Mary Lynn Newhouse, who maybe you've heard of her in speech. She ran the, uh, the uh, mock court thing for many years and so on. And they, they said, well, we need some sports here and, and other sorts of things. I mean, it took a while for the college to even get around to getting uh, a, a decent balance of restrooms and stuff because those old buildings and stuff that wasn't so easy to to accomplish. So then how are we going to start uh, doing this um, athletics things and stuff? And there were several students who were uh, big leaders and worked with the, uh, the, the then athletic director. And um, I think about the first thing that was, well, basketball was fairly early and so was uh, uh, track and cross country. And we had some particular leaders in that. So. And it, it took a while to try and get the, the, the money arranged for the budgets and to recognize that if you're going to recruit uh, students, and, and besides that, uh, the laws required balance, uh, the, the full thing wasn't in yet at that time about, uh, that, that bothers all the uh, athletic directors about the balance for females and so on. But it was the obvious thing to do. And, and then you had to hire some coaches and, and all, all of that sort of thing. And, um, one of the star things that occurred in there early on was volleyball. And the volleyball team was very, very good. And they played at that time down in the old gym that's now gone, where Beckman and Bins Hall are. But at that time, they used to play like the University of Iowa, who was pretty good in volleyball. And we had one classic game down there uh, with a couple of members in the Hall of Fame uh, now um, who uh, – they had Iowa on the ropes, and they doggone near won that game. And that would have been quite an achievement for the, the, this new upstart at Loris College being the University of Iowa in, in volleyball. So it, sometimes it was a struggle, where, and, I, and I thought that we should be doing this, and so I kind of took the lead on as a uh, the chairman of the committee to try and push that along. I'm not saying that there was reluctance on the part of the college, but anytime you need money and you need staff and you need facilities, um, that runs up against uh, uh, objections and, and difficulties uh, and so on. So kind of going off that, I mean, if you think to the times that we're in now, I mean, we have a lot of those same struggles where with the COVID-19 pandemic, there are cuts that are being made for budgets and, you know, we have scheduling conflicts and, you know, trying to figure out, okay, fall sports are going to be playing in the spring now. How are we going to get this? Can you imagine what, your role in the athletic committee would be like if you were on it today? I mean, in a way, listening to your stories, I think you'd be a pro at it. I think that you would really be able to kind of help steer this. Um, you know, talk a little bit about how you 
kind of see the landscape of universities and colleges now, both in academics and athletics? Yeah, well, it is a difficult uh, thing to do. I mean, you've got these issues about attendance and having people there. Uh, Iowa State just had a big uh, had to make a big change in their plans on that uh, during the past week. Um, you still want to keep the athletics and, and, and keep it going, keep the reputation of the school up, attract students, uh, but you have to provide safety features um, and, and, and do all of that. So that would, would have taken a lot of organization. It, you're right. It probably wasn't that different to think about how you're going to get all, all the masks around and make sure that the shower rooms are handled. You got separation and, and all of that sort of thing. Then what it was to turn an all male uh, classrooms, facilities, restrooms, and so on into a co-ed kind of a place. And so um, in, in a sense, if I were doing that, I could probably call on some of my short-term memories, uh, long-term don't stay so well. <laughs> And, and come up with some ideas of how we would go about that. That'd be a challenge. Yeah, no, it's definitely, I mean, across the board for everyone in higher ed and academia, it is a very, very difficult time to navigate. Uh, I believe when you and I were kind of talking before, you mentioned a scheduling conflict that you had to deal with um, when you were on the committee uh, with the men's basketball team. Can you kind of share that story? I think our listeners would really like to hear about that. Well, that's, 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 that's a memory that um, uh, I, I'll have forever. Uh, at that time, um, Jim Barry was the basketball coach, and Loris had a very good team. And um, our arch uh, rivals at that time were St. Ambrose down in uh, Davenport. Uh, and, we were kind of, and, and, <laughs> and it turned out that to get into the tournament, NAIA tournament, uh, they decided that Lo Loris and St. Ambrose were about at the same level and they had to have a, a playoff between the two of them. And um, so Jim was the athletic director and the uh, basketball coach at the time. And he made an arrangement uh, with um, St. Ambrose for a day in which they have that uh, game, maybe a, a Tuesday night, I, I don't know, or something. Turned out that the only date that they could agree on was that day, um, where Loris also had a game scheduled with St. Norbert's up in De Pere, Wisconsin. And that was, again, a sort of a, a, a rivalry. And, uh, and in fact, the uh, athletic director for there um, was uh, from Dubuque originally. And um, so how did Jim decide to, to handle this? Well, he said, we play both games. And we'll take uh, the, the, the junior varsity, I'll call them, uh, up to St. Norbert's and we will, uh, have the coach and the, and the varsity guys go down to uh, Davenport. And he needed somebody to be in charge of that. And um, he's the athletic director and the uh, head coach. So obviously he's going to Davenport to play the tournament game. And um, so he asked me if I would take the team up there. So we got on these station wagons and Laverne Larimore, who uh, was an assistant coach at the time, he had been a great player at Loris. And when he graduated, he took some graduate courses and he was a graduate assistant or whatever the assistant coach, whatever the title would be. So we loaded up the um, uh, several station wagons. That's what we had at that time and drove up to Wisconsin. We even took cheerleaders along. Uh, Chris Steiner, who I mentioned before, now Chris Apple, uh, was one of them. And we went up to, um, uh, the, uh, to for the game. I didn't know this. 
Jim hadn't told me, but uh, God rest his soul, uh, that he didn't tell St. Norbert's that's what he was doing. And at that time, Loris had a really stellar player named Jim Kelly. And we go in there and, uh, well, where's Kelly? Well, um, didn't Jim tell you? No. <laughs> and they were mad because they wanted to see him play and, and, and see if St. Norbert should win him. So that was, that was quite a deal. We had to, I, I wasn't the coach. I couldn't do it. Then he gave him a decent game. But um, uh, so Loris played two games on that night. And uh, I sort of was in charge of the one. And um, all the people at St. Norbert were furious. But I kind of felt I got um, blindfolded on that one. But it worked out okay. But I won't forget it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't blame you. I can't imagine being there. And then all of a sudden, your top player is not there. And you just found out kind of thing. Wow, that's, that's definitely one that I don't think you are going to forget anytime soon. <laughs> Um, so you also worked at the college up until the 1998-99 academic year, um, where then you went on to go take a faculty position at Iowa State University. Um, I believe, are you still teaching there today, or kind of what was your journey to get there? No, I, re I retired uh, on June 1st. Um, Congratulations taught, on your retirement. <laughs> I taught, thank you, I, I taught there for 21 years. Um, so I have 56 years uh, as, as a college professor, and uh, I, I retired, uh, and I now have the status of uh, teaching, uh, teaching professor emeritus. So I, I'm, I'm a, a professor emeritus, emeritus at Loris College, and I'm a, a professor emeritus at Iowa State University because I spent, well, 35 years and 21 years respectively at, at, at each of those two places. Um, I taught in the aerospace engineering department. And in between there, when, when we set up the engineering program at Loris College, uh, we, we went from that pre-engineering program and eventually got, got a degree program. I, I wasn't there whenever the degree was formally instituted, but we planned that and put it together for years. Um, then I, I, I decided I should have some engineering credentials besides my physics degree. So um, I took the uh, professional engineering exam and, and became a licensed professional mechanical engineer. I was gonna comment before on something about uh, the, the, the women's athletics grew fairly rapidly and had some really good people that, uh, some good coaches and some really good people that uh, uh, had, were good athletes. Now, did you have a favorite sport? I don't even know if you can say this I'm sure everyone has a favorite sport that they enjoy watching but was there one sport on campus that you really felt connected to or really enjoyed well um, you just prompted me for what I thought I was going to say a moment ago and, 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 and that is I went to a, a high school where we only had two sports baseball and basketball and I couldn't play uh, baseball because I was on the farm and that was a lot my next oldest brother, who also graduated from Morris, um, did go off for track. Uh, and uh, I mean, I did, did play baseball in high school. Went off for track at Morris. Um, anyway, um, uh, so my involvement with things in my playing of things was, was basketball. So I, I guess I would say that I was the, the most interested in, in, in basketball. And at the time, uh, Loris had really good basketball coaches and very good players. And, and, they, and, and we get into these real battles for the 
the NAIA and, and, and going down to Kansas City at that time and all those sorts of things. So uh, I probably like basketball the most, but I made a point of, of being um, the head of the uh, athletic committee of attending at least one contest or game or whatever you want to say it of every sport. So I went to the swimming meet then I went to the wrestling meet and I, and I went to bat basketball. And of course, eventually whenever football was at it as well. And, um, but I, when, when football was at it, I was no longer uh, chairman of the athletic committee. I had, I became, um, president of the faculty senate. I suppose the experience in the athletic committee um, had something to do with my getting elected to be uh, faculty chairman. And I got elected five times as faculty chairman. And uh, so, but I suppose that, that my, my, my true and in, big interest was, was basketball. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you mentioned that you were elected as the chairman five times for the faculty senate. I believe you also are in another hall of fame on campus. Is that correct? This is not your first. Well, I'm actually in rodeo. two. And, and, and this, this will make three. Um, uh, I uh, was chosen some years ago as um, a member of the Loris Players Hall of Fame. And, um, and indeed, uh, both of our daughters graduated from Loris College. Both are in education, and and both were very heavily involved in theater, and both of them are in the Loris Players Hall of Fame. Um, at, a, at a later time, um, I was uh, nominated for and, and selected for um, the uh, Loris College um, uh, Distinguished Alumni. I think is what it's called. I don't know uh, the exact uh, name of that uh, Distinguished Alumnus Award. You know, the pictures are over on the wall in the uh, student center. Um, and then the third one now is the uh, Athletic Hall of Fame. So I think those are the only three university-wide um, sort of things and awards and so on that, that have. And I'm actually, actually, I'm absolutely certain that I'm the only one that is, is cho was chosen for all three of them. And it, in, indeed, um, for that this year, for the alumni, alumnus awards, um, uh, one of my former students, who I was an advisor for and so on, um, did a lot for the college. Uh, Matt Horsfield was going to be a member of it. Um, it well, will be. It's the same thing as this and, and in terms of not happen, happening in October. Um, and um, um, also, uh, uh, Jared Steinus, who's from Bellevue, is an interesting guy. And I not, Mary Lynn Newhouse and I nominated him for a Distinguished Alumni Award. So... This would have been a tremendous uh, homecoming for us. Oh, absolutely. You would have been probably going nonstop. <laughs> I know before when we were kind of getting ready for this interview, um, you had mentioned that you were cleaning out your office and found an old exam from one of your students at Loris from your final year at the college. Um, well, it, yes. Yeah, uh, it sounds pretty special. I think, I think we definitely need to talk about this. Well, it's a little bit odd in a way that you say, why in the heck would somebody um, have in in his files um, an, an exam, final exam for a student that was taken in 1999. And, and the answer was that when I came to Iowa State and I was going to be teaching courses like statics and dynamics and strength of materials and so on, and, and I kept my files and things that I had from teaching those courses at Lawrence. 
and they were back in the in the, one of the file cabinets there and so on and then uh, eventually my my scheduling um, changed a little bit i wasn't teaching dynamics anymore and i and i ended up concentrating on two things uh, fluid mechanics and uh, strength of materials laboratory and i set up a new laboratory for that and all that sort of thing um so i'm cleaning out these uh files and, and okay i could throw this away and i go and i come across one there and here was a final exam whether well, more than one final exam um that uh, was submitted by uh, rob murray for the dynamics course in 1999 and now rob um, is also uh, inducted into the uh, athletic hall of fame this fall and uh, i've got that um, um, exam here on my desk in my office at home and it's going to take a while because it'll be another whole year, but I'm going to hand that to him um, whenever he um, receives his recognition. That's amazing. Now, did you ever get to see Rob Russell when you were, while you were? Oh, at yes. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. In fact, it turns out uh, um, uh, Randy Stewart was the, was the, the wrestling, uh, wrestling coach at that time. And, and, and Rob and a, and a friend of his, and I can't remember his name, were two wrestlers from Chicago that came, and I think they were in my office two or maybe three times in the recruiting process. And I remember talking to both of their mothers. And so I was very heavily involved in recruiting them and convincing them that the Loris Engineering Program was worth their consideration and so on, and that the wrestling program was certainly, um, of course, I, I've known Pat Flanagan and, and worked with him um, many, many years, and, uh, and he was the predecessor as a wrestling coach in, um, at, at Loris many, many years. I think he probably has the longest time as, as coach between that and tennis um, of anybody um, on the place. So I, I, I knew Rob and, and his friend, whose name escapes me now. And, uh, before they ever uh, enrolled at Loris College, I went to his wrestling things. And there were several people, um, there were several Hall of Fame people who were in physics or engineering and eventually who uh, are in the hall of fame who were wrestlers so what is that but, like for you we had some pride yeah for sure now what is that like for you i mean you kind of mentioned it's a very pride-filled moment but now you are in the athletics hall of fame alongside some of your students and the athletes that you got to watch compete what is that like oh that's that, that's very exciting and, and it's really interesting when you come back like for homecoming or something like that, you have, have somebody that you worked with uh, quite a lot or was one of your students or, or something of that sort, um, and they talk about oh, certain things that happened in classes or how um, they appreciated the support that they got or uh, that, those sorts of things. I think Rob has, is, serves on the advisory board for the engineering program, and Dan Nebel, who's chair of the department, who was one of my students, so was his wife, um, my students when we were at Lawrence. She's a civil engineer and he's a computer engineer. Um, they, um, Rob comes up and talks to the students and works with them on planning and so on. And apparently he's, he's, he's quite, um, what shall I say, positive about the effect that, that uh, several of us had on, on him as he uh, was uh, getting his education. Yeah, no, and 
when we talk about the wrestling program, I mean, obviously the success that our wrestlers have had in the recent years is absolutely incredible. Um, for you looking back on, you know, from being a student at the college and also holding multiple positions in leadership and having such an impact on athletics, what is it, what is it like for you now seeing the development of the athletics department and the success of the teams that we have at Loris now? Well, you know, the, that, that old St. Joe's gym and the, and the field house were all we had at that time. And you know that that is nothing like what the, uh, the current facilities are. So that is wonderful. And, and I, I was heavily involved with the, uh, the planning for um, uh, Graber Hall, whenever Graber gave the money where the swimming pool is and, and all of that sort of thing. So that was exciting when we were doing it and, because that was a kind of a first move on putting something new in for, uh, for athletics and, and, and all of that's associated with that. So that was a big deal. And uh, we had several designs and all of that sort of thing. And so you look back at that and you say, oh my God, this is what it is now compared to where we were before. And it's so sad uh, with the pandemic came along that that wrestling team was within one day, really, of getting the nationals and, and, and doing it, you know, because if the decision not to, I mean, to shut down the things would have waited one or two more days, they'd have probably had some champions. And of course, the, the women's basketball team, the same story, and, and one, of the, one of the stars uh, on the uh, women's uh, basketball team is from Bellevue, and she was born and raised right across the street from where my parents live. Oh, wow. What a small world. That's absolutely incredible. Yeah, so. yeah that was going to be, I know we talk about it all the time in our athletic department that that weekend would have most likely been the most historic time oh. for Loris Athletics between. Oh, you'd have been, you'd have been very, very busy. So. Yes. I mean, we, we were all ready. We were ready to write press releases for multiple national champions and, you know, final four appearances. And it was, it was definitely very difficult for all of us student athletes, coaches, staff at Loras when that happened. But um, truthfully, the as I said, the success that Loras has had over the years really would not have started without you know people like yourself working to make it that way, to set that foundation. And I think I can speak on behalf of so many of us at Loras that we are extremely blessed to have had you be a part of that experience and we are really excited to celebrate in person with you and the rest of our hall of fame class in 2021 and hopefully sooner if we can you know get all everyone together we would love to uh, well thank thank you and uh, and, and I, I appreciate that very much and i must say that when i received the note from De denise the email from denise about um, being selected for it i was really um, overjoyed and quite uh, surprised and it's great even though I've been gone for many, many years, there's somebody apparently that remembered the things we did. Because as you know, you're new there now, you don't have, you had no idea who I was or who the, maybe even Jim Barry that I mentioned here is in it, or, or, or Randy Stewart maybe as the wrestling coach. Uh, you haven't had an opportunity to see those names. You might have, but you know, not, not in the same uh, situation. And um, so somebody, maybe Denise, I don't know who it was, uh, remembered and uh, put it to the committee and of course I and I served as the um, chairman of, of, the, of that committee and, and, and was the uh, of the Hall of Fame selection committee I was on that for 
many, many years. And for many years, I was the MC of the, the ceremony and introduced everybody, gathered up the biographical information that we used to in, in, introduce them as an award winner and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, so no, absolutely. So and, I was somehow or other affiliated with athletics, even though I wasn't an athlete. Yeah, no, and truthfully, as I've said, those type of interactions really do have a very long lasting impact and your story and your accomplishments definitely show that that is true. So um, I had a great time getting to talk to you. I had a really fun time getting to learn more about your time here. And um, I also want to give a big thank you to Trent Hanselman and Robert Waterbury in our institutional marketing office for their production work. Um, they're helping to make this podcast series a reality for our inductees and they're making us sound good. So um, definitely have to give them a big thank you for that. Well, and I appreciate that too. You know, um, I uh, listen to, uh, this is a different realm than, than what you're in, in the sense that you're doing this for this particular uh, award thing. Uh, they do it for the, the, the Dolores Daily, you know. And so I, I listened to Pat Finnegan's, which is a sport thing. Of course, I've known Pat for many, many years. And we're, we've worked on a lot of things. We, we both um, hosted Japanese students whenever they came over from our sister school at that time. Um, and um, Pat Flanagan and, and uh, Don Fryman, who's another athletic interest guy. And um, just uh, today, I listened to the one from Andy Augie that was recent. And he, he also came back to Loris, and his father was a teacher there previously. And uh, talked about the advantages of, of, of a small school. And, and if you haven't listened to that one, that'd be a good one for you to use for background, uh, for things you might want to use in your questions for the next people. So go back. Last Saturday, I think they posted that one for Andy Augie. And uh, hear what he said about the advantages of that school. So. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again for taking the time yeah. to talk to me. and. Um, for all of our listeners out there, make sure to stay up to date on all of your Duhawk Athletics news. You can visit us online at duhawks.com or follow along on social media by searching Loris College Athletics on Facebook and at Loris Athletics on Twitter. So we look forward to the day that we all can come back and enjoy Duhawk Athletics in person together. But for now, stay safe, take care, and go Duhawks. Am I right, Joe? Thank you very much. And I'll say that as well. Go Duhawks. <laughs>